friends, I'm Tanya Luna, psychology researcher and educator. And I'm Brian Luna, the proud pappy of a pretty pet pig. And you're listening to Talk Psych to Me, a show where we take research out of the lab and into the street. Let's get into it. <laughs> yes, it is true. Yesterday we adopted slash we're fostering, but hopefully we are we'll adopting adopt a pet pig. Brian, yeah, let's start this way. Why did we get a pig? Several years ago, I put it in your craw because I remember there was this uh, one and line. Craw for listeners who aren't familiar with this Southernism is my head. Is yeah, my yeah, and your brain box. My brain box. And, and, and I remember, <laughs> I remember uh, when I was a kid, we used to me and my buddies loved this movie called Young Guns. And uh, there's this line that Charlie has, and he's like, "Did you know pigs was as smart as dogs?" And I was like, "No, is that right?" Dogs. For our pig listeners out there, we're very sorry if that is offensive to you Why? at all. Why is it offensive? Well, because technically they're considered more intelligent than dogs. Well, I'm saying by like, human standards. Of intelligence. This was also the 1860s. You know what I mean? When this movie take pl- took place, so there wasn't all the research you have with all these names okay. that you give okay. me and all That's these. Fair. All right, people. so you wanted a pig because of Young Guns. Because of Young Guns. Yeah. Anything else? Well, Babe is one of my favorite movies of all time. Okay. Uh, not a lot of people know that about me, but Babe is, is one of the, <laughs> That'll I saw do Pig. That, <laughs> that'll do Pig. And we live down the street from Farmer Hoggett. I believe he prefers not to be referred to that in real life. He'll always be Farmer Hoggett to me. <laughs> and, uh, and and I don't know. When the opportunity presented itself, it was just too good to pass up. And, and we both have a passion for saving animals. Well, I'm excited that you started with that because today we are going to be talking about- Wait, two things. Yeah. We need to give her her name. Yes. And we let me guess what our thing is. Okay. okay. So her full name Introducing. is Introducing Outlaw Josie Mysterio Luna. Excellent. Outlaw Josie is the first name. And what do you think we're going to be talking about today, Brian? This is going to be the psychology of messy eating. Close. Oh my gosh. <laughs> the psychology of motivation. Oh, that wasn't anything. That man, you got me all excited. Like I was reading minds. I mean, there are a lot of fields and branches of psychology. Messy eating might not be one yet. But why do we find it so motivating to watch Outlaw Josie eat messy? Perhaps today we will have an answer to that. Okay. Before we get into it, yeah. can I recreate an experiment with you, Brian? Originally conducted by Edward Desi and Richard Ryan. Ryan and Ditchy. Ditchy or Desi. I'm not sure how you pronounce Ditchy. it. Ditchy. Okay, Brian. Yes. So I'm going to give you... Nice. I get to keep it? You don't even know what it is yet and you already want to keep it? <laughs> this is a puzzle. Oh, Nice. Okay. Uh, you want to describe it for listeners? Yeah, it's it looks like um the little Tetris pieces that look like short little T's. There are a ton of them, and they make up this block that is in the corner. It's like a corner block. So it's a puzzle where you have to get all these little T's to make a perfect cube. Yes. If that makes any sense. Okay, perfect. So, Brian. Done. I'm going to ask you to actually empty those out right now. Okay. Them, okay. Ready? Hey, come on, man. <laughs> All right. And I'm just going to give you a little bit of time mm-hmm. to make as much progress as you can. It's not a contest. There's no prize. You just do it. You got it. Oh, your hair is in here. That's actually part of the puzzle. <laughs> I'll give you just a few more seconds. I just a few want more to see seconds? How you start. Yeah, yeah, it's just about how you start. Okay. All right. And you can stop. Wait. You can stop. Hold on. <laughs> yeah. Actually, I'm going to keep I'm gonna going, stop. but I'm gonna let, let me step away for just a moment. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to stop in a second. I'm just going to go get something else. Yep. All 
All right. And I see you're still working on the puzzle. <laughs> okay, now I'm really going to need you to stop. Okay. Brian? Yeah, I'm, I'm stopping. I stopped. I don't know if you know this, but I stepped away as part of the experiment. Yep. And what I was really looking for is what Dechi and Ryan wanted to know. What did you do when I stepped out of the room? I'm listening. <laughs> Brian! What? <laughs> you have to stop. I'm going to take it away now. Come on! Sorry, I have oh. to take it away. I have to take it away. <laughs> this would be the most boring episode ever. The one where Brian silently works on puzzles. <laughs> seriously, look at me. Okay, look I am. Seriously. seriously. Brian. Okay. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> What were you asking? Oh my gosh! <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> All right, listeners, I'm literally slapping Brian's hands away and taking these little wooden Tetris pieces away. Stop. Here. Take a drink of water. Okay. All right. Did you get a little obsessed? Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. So look yes. at me. Look at me. Yep. Okay. So what happened when I left the room? Right now, I'm still thinking about do that interlock. Okay. Uh, I kept working on it. Okay. I, I kept playing with it. Now, here's an important question. Yeah. Let's say I paid you money to do that puzzle. Mm-hmm. Do you think you would enjoy it more or less? <sighs> okay. I don't know if this is going to go against whatever, but I think I would enjoy it less because it would feel like an obligation or a task. This is the first time I've ever heard you not want money. <laughs> <laughs> money, 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 money. Um, <laughs> um, you are a money-loving son of a gun. I'm a money-loving son of a gun. It, it comes from, like, the hustle of growing up. Like, we used to hustle everything. Everything in the in our house was Yeah, you hustle. hustle me even though literally our money is shared money. But it's still. But when you're giving me our shared money. You prefer for it to transfer from I prefer, my wallet to I prefer to, to hustle. <laughs> All right. So here's what Dechi and Ryan found. They divided participants into two groups, Mm. folks who got paid for completing puzzles and those who didn't. That was round one. Round two, none of them were paid, and they all worked on the puzzles for some period of time. Then the experimenter stepped out of the room. Mm -hmm. What they wanted to see, just like I tried to know. Let me guess. The people that were paid stopped working. The people that were not paid kept working. Exactly right. Because when you're not paid, it's your ego. It's your, uh, your intellect. I wanted to know that I was smart enough to do this puzzle. Right. So this first study, that's exactly what they found. And it sparked what is now known as self-determination theory. The more our efforts are determined by the self, by us, Mm -hmm. the more sustainably motivated we are. So it's a spectrum with intrinsic motivation on one side and extrinsic motivation on the other side. So for you, Brian, personally, what are some examples of extrinsic motivators? Cash. (laughs) Comics. Toys. Comics are an extrinsic motivator? Yeah. I guess if I use them... As a way to bribe you to yeah. do something else. Yeah, that's what we're talking okay, about, right? Cash, like, comics, and toys. Yeah, cash, yep. comics, toys. Uh, maybe a gift certificates for cash, comics, and toys. <laughs> yes, exactly right. <laughs> oh, and, and video games. That summarizes yeah. Brian in a nutshell. <laughs> right. So extrinsic motivators are a means to an end. What are examples of intrinsic motivators for you, Brian? Ego. Am I smart enough to do this? Can I beat my my time? Mm. Uh, my personal best. Yep. Okay. And how about comics? Why are comics such a powerful motivator for you? Oh, I guess because of the joy they bring me uh, in terms of like storytelling and 
it really is like a feast for my senses. Like when I open up a new comic, it's it's everything. Feast for the senses is a really nice way to put it. So intrinsic rewards typically fall into a few different categories. One is called feast for the senses. I'm just kidding. No. no. Oh, you jerko. <laughs> I keep thinking I'm like on fire over here. <laughs> no, stimulation, okay. which is essentially what you said, right? So it's stimulating the senses. So doing something because it feels good. Mastery is another one. A close cousin of that is curiosity, competence, a sense of progress. Why does it have to be a cousin? Sibling. (laughs) A close relative. (laughs) Yeah, Um, there you go. Close relative. Yeah, mastery. So it's like, do I feel like I'm learning? Do I feel like I'm growing? Do I feel like I'm pushing myself? Yes. Those are all things we humans crave. Yes. Meaning. So do we feel like we're doing something that's important? And finally, relatedness. Do we feel close to others? Do we feel a connection with others? Mm -hmm. Those for most of us are intrinsically reinforcing. So extrinsic rewards can be effective for getting people to do stuff. Like what? When do you think extrinsic rewards are good? When you're paying someone for a job. What kind of job? Physical job. Physical labor. That's a great insight. So, and this is why we're sort of all messed up as a society, because extrinsic rewards work really well for compensating logistical or manual labor. As soon as you want people to start thinking creatively, or as soon as quality counts more than quantity, Hmm. all of a sudden, extrinsic rewards have some major problems. What do you think they are? Extrinsic rewards don't last. Right. Exactly. They wear off. So if you, for example, pay your kids to do the dishes, Mm -hmm. what starts to happen? Well, they'll only do it for the money. You don't teach them the benefit of clean dishes. You know, you teach them like, oh, that everything is has a price on it. Right. You take the money away and the behavior goes the away. The motivation goes away. Yeah. And they need more and more and more money yeah. over time. They're going to ask you for a raise no matter what. And they might form a union. They might form a union. <laughs> you know, next thing you know, all the kids in the neighborhood. So beware if you like, have a lot of kids. Yeah. Yeah. So even worse than the fact that extrinsic rewards wear off is something called the over-justification effect. When we start providing extrinsic rewards, it can extinguish intrinsic rewards. So I'm going to give you a few examples. And then I'm going to want to hear the Brian Luna theory of why this is the case. Okay. Okay. So for example, researchers Bruno Frey and Lorenz Goat. Goat? G-O-E-T-T-E. Goat. (laughs) <laughs> even if it's not goat, even if it's like goatier, it's we're gonna call him uh, Francois Goat. Lorenz. Lorenz. Is it okay goat. if we get his first name right? No. <laughs> I like how you just changed his whole name. <laughs> Lorenz Goat. All right, so we got uh, Frey and Goat. They found that paying volunteers leads them to work less. Okay. So I was volunteering. I was volunteering. I was doing great. All of a sudden, you start. You're like, you know what? You shouldn't be volunteering. Let me give you money for that. All of a sudden, I put in less time. Economists Carl Melstrom and Mangus Johannesson found that paying people to donate blood either had no effect or, in some cases, led them to donate nearly half as much blood. Even research on 20-month-old children. What is that? Is that a child or an infant? Infant. This was uh, a study done by Toddler. Felix toddlers. Yeah, they're toddlers. Toddlers. Yeah. Okay. So Felix. Goat? No. (laughs) Felix Wernigan and Michael Tomasolo, they studied 20-month-old whatevers, humans. Toddlers. 20-month-old human beings. Toddlers. And (laughs) they found that extrinsically – I don't know, toddler, fine. They found that extrinsically rewarding toddlers for being (laughs) helpful made them less likely to be helpful. So basically turned them into little jerks. There's been so much research on this Money over the years. Money is the root of all evil. Unless you're hustling Unless you're it. hustling. <laughs> Various researchers over the years have found a wide range of areas from reading to school attendance to particularly in the creative space, like creating art, extrinsic rewards crowd out 
intrinsic rewards. Well, weren't we watching that one particular documentary? I can't remember what it was, where they started paying kids who weren't doing well in school for their grades. Mm. And it started off like, what a great idea. And the more you watch it, you're like, oh, this is a terrible idea. Because it's just teaching us to get by with everything we can do just to get the money. You know, the other it, thing that that tends to lead to is a lot of cheating. As soon as you see pay for performance approaches rolled out, mm-hmm. this has been experimented on a lot with teachers and with students and even with parents. So like paying parents to get their kids to attend school or paying teachers for kids to get good grades. Yeah. All of a sudden, you start seeing massive amounts of cheating and either performance actually drops off or it spikes while the reward is there. And then it plummets when the extrinsic reward is either taken away or when it wears off. Why do you think it leads us to be less intrinsically motivated? Like going back to Outlaw Josie, Mysterio Luna, Mm -hmm. we adopted her purely for intrinsic reasons. Well, I mean, I did it for extrinsic, you know, to see if I can get some money, make her (laughs) Instagram influencer. And next thing you know, I'm rolling in the dough while she's rolling in the mud. Okay, so that would be that would be an extrinsic influence thing yes. for sure. We hardly even know how to use Instagram, so I, I don't can even tell know you right how to now, log on, to be I, with you. I struggle. Yeah. So, like half the time, we're like, That's "What's my password?" Pictures, right? That's the one with the pictures. <laughs> um, so, so clearly, it's intrinsic for us. If someone all of a sudden started paying us to mm-hmm. take care of our animals, I think it just why it, would it, we care less? Why wouldn't we be like, heck yeah, I get the reward, but but and it the takes, money. but it does wear off because you start to measure: is it worth it? Is mm. it worth the money? Five dollars to pay the to do the dishes, right? I'm like, okay, but five dollars, like, if I really wanted to make any real money, I you know, I have to start doing more. You know what? I can get that for free by just asking my parents. Oh, all of a sudden, how you measure the value of it changes Mm -hmm. to a different thing. I think so. Just like with the volunteer work you were saying, especially with volunteer work, you're like, oh, I believe in in what I'm doing. I'm volunteering. They start paying you and you're like, do I really want to get up for less than minimum wage? You know what I mean? Like you start like measuring it all of a sudden the value of how it makes you feel inside goes away because it's all about like what you what you've got in your hand, like what you can see, what you can hold. So it's almost I, like we change our own justification for right. why we're exactly. doing it. Exactly. And then that justification doesn't feel worth it anymore. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So what's your takeaway from these findings? Should we stop paying people? I think we should look at it like gamers. You know, gamers buy a game and they spend so much time and effort unlocking every Chivo achievement <laughs> in the game and trophy. We get nothing out of it. Oh, that's what the loot reward system is. Never mind. There's this new thing in video games where they keep you playing by you have to go through the game and find these little chests and and do these little uh, side missions. And then what they do is they give you an outfit or they give you like a like a different thing. And you're like, oh, man. So that's your extrinsic motivator. But the intrinsic motivator is the achievement that you Mm. get if you unlock everything. So it's it's this weird kind of combo of that. Well, is it are the out because I know you're really into the video game outfit. (laughs) (laughs) And also I hear you when you play video games, like you sound frustrated. You don't sound like you're having fun. Are you doing it for the outfits? I know. I'm having a blast. Uh, I, I know you think I don't. The latest game that I'm playing right now is the Avengers. And it's bananas because it's so frustrating, but you're still the Hulk. 
You know, at the end of the day, you're still playing. Okay, so is it about that stimulation? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It sounds like the mastery piece is important, too. And there is, like, because you look and you see what what outfits are available, but you have to unlock. And every day I go to that, and there's, like, some cool, like, there's Joe Fix-It. There's great, cool things. Here's my hypothesis of why these outfits and (laughs) Chivos or whatever are really working for you, the loot. So there's a terrific meta-analysis of 128 studies. And, you know, I love me some meta-analysis. You love me some meta-analysis. No, I love me some. You love me some. (laughs) Because it's all about not just taking one study, but taking lots of studies and seeing if the effect Mm -hmm. still holds. So this was, a again, it's a meta-analysis of 128 studies on motivation done by Deji and team. And one of the things they found is that positive feedback, even though it seems extrinsic, actually has a huge positive impact on intrinsic motivation, Mm -hmm. as long as it supports people's feeling of mastery or meaning. In other words, it's not about the praise. It's about you using that praise to help people feel a sense of progress in the areas so of domain. So is it how you them. praise? It's about like- praising what people actually care about versus praising what we care about, which was a big, obvious, but important wait, takeaway wait, wait. for who, me. Who's we and who are the like, people? Like, if I'm going to give you feedback and it's going to yeah. be motivating for you, I have to make sure I'm giving you feedback in the areas you care about. Oh, okay. Yeah, so yeah, if yeah. I'm like, great job with the dishes. Wow. Which you do sometimes. You you try to get in my head. No, and I like, don't. Let's face it. When was really the last do- time you did a great job with do- the dishes? I don't do the dishes. That's not, yeah. my, that's not my chores. But when I... Uh, when I take out the garbage, I have to get the garbage yeah. all set. You're like, you did a great job with the garbage. I'm like, yeah, whatever. <laughs> but how about when I praise your laundry? When you praise my laundry, that feels good. Okay. That's because you care about doing a great job with laundry. I care about laundry. Right. Yeah. So that's the important thing is that positive praise, even though, again, it's extrinsic, it's really motivating because it's a signal for us telling us that we're actually doing a good. What are you doing? Nothing. <laughs> Put the puzzle down, Brian. We're almost done. We're almost done. (laughs) (laughs) Stacey, put it right in front of me. (laughs) Anyway, point is, positive praise matters if it's around the areas that we ourselves really care about. So there's another takeaway from the meta-analysis by Deci and team that I think is really important. What they found is that the worst thing you could do is pay people for performance or for task completion. So if you were like, you're doing great, I'm going to pay you more, or I will pay you only if you finish this, that had a really negative impact on creativity and it had a negative impact on long-term thinking. But when you pay someone more like a continuous salary and you help the person just get paid the amount that they need to get paid to not worry about money, that's where that extrinsic reinforcer wasn't as damaging. So does this come back to like just paying people a decent wage? Yeah, pay people a fair amount, pay people a good amount. And if the work could be intrinsically rewarding, you know, like challenge and meaning and growth and all of these amazing things that so many of our jobs allow us to have these days, don't crowd out the beauty of those rewards by dangling carrots in front of people and saying, oh, if you do better, I'm going to pay you more money. That also makes me think of NFL players, NFL Mm. athletes, like for instance, running backs. Some of them have this special clause in their contract where if they make X amount of yards, then they get a bonus of like $2 million or a million dollars. Which would be called pay for performance. Pay for performance, exactly. Mm -hmm. But I don't think for those guys, it's about the money because were you to score... 50 rushing touchdowns or 2,000 rushing yards, that just puts you in like the elite category of like best of all time. And it's more about mastery. And I think it's more about intrinsic for those, even though it has an extrinsic number, I think it really does push athletes at that elite level. Well, that's what's so interesting is that there are throughout society, so many pay for performance schemes in place. And what research shows is that people think they work. The research is very clear that it has 
so many downsides that we're not recognizing. And of course, if you put in pay for performance and then take it away, people are going to be really pissed off. Right, right, right. Because they're like, what? That's like bonuses. Like I remember when I used to work in retail, we had an end of year bonus. And then one year they're just like, tweet, tweet, tweet. Like nothing. They were just crickets. (laughs) And we're just like, uh, anything. Did your boss say that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We were like, so what's up at the end of year? They're like, tweet, tweet, tweet. And I was like, okay, I guess that means no. Uh, But I didn't mean tweet, tweet. I don't know how to do a chirp, chirp. Are you trying to make the sound of cricket? (laughs) Yeah, I was trying to make (laughs) Cricket, cricket. No, that's, you're thinking of ribbit. Ribbit. (laughs) Anyway, right. So, so what's your takeaway from all of this? I love the idea of having people get paid a decent wage right? so that we, they can focus on the work and not have to worry about like, can I feed my family? And, and Absolutely. I- and that can't be seen as a reinforcer. That's just right. the minimum Yes, so that people aren't stressed and mm. then focus on the work itself being rewarding. Absolutely. 100%. I think another takeaway for me personally is just to make sure that I'm constantly focusing on my own intrinsic reinforcers. So I'm not doing something because of the money. I'm not doing something because of a deadline. I'm not doing something because of an obligation, but just to remind myself, why am I doing this? And let that intrinsic motivation really be the driving force for my own behavior. I'm still going to do things for extrinsic because I want those comics, cash and toys. (laughs) So you do you, I'm going to do me. Do you care about doing a good job with this podcast? I do. Great. Brian, you did such a great job with this episode. This episode was maybe one of your top 20 episodes. What? We've only done like 20 episodes. Very good. I'm not lying. <laughs> no, like 30. Yeah. Listeners, you were such a good listener this week. Thank you. Thank you for paying I've seen attention. better, but not many. Thank you for joining this conversation. All right. Should we wrap this up so you can finish this puzzle that you've been eyeing yes. this entire time? So torturous. And I can go they're play with our pig. Yeah, yeah. They're all just looking at me, these little puzzle pieces. Thanks, everyone. You're so distracted by these puzzles. You're supposed to do the outro. Oh, and thank you for listening to Talk Psych to Me. Now? Yeah, go do the outro. <laughs>